Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to This Is Your Normal. I'm your host, Bob Holmes. Today's guest is health and life coach Julie McCourt. Julie will share with us her life journey that started over 15 years ago, focusing on a holistic approach of mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Julie excels in connecting with people, holding them accountable, and cheering them on. Please enjoy this episode of This Is Your Normal. Hello, Julie. Welcome to This Is Your Normal. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Bob. I'm very excited. Uh, like I said, we uh, were talking a little bit earlier, and I've been looking forward to this for a while. So I'm very excited to dive into whatever questions you have for me. All right. Well, let's... Uh, Kind of talk about how we know each other a little bit, because um, okay. I think that's kind of important for me, at least. I'd say, let's start by saying, like, you're friends with my wife. Yes, I am. Okay. Friends with Jen. Yep. So uh, you and Jen are friends, and we used to have, uh, pre-pandemic, we had this, like, first Friday thing going. Uh, how many families? Maybe, like, five or six? Five families together every first Friday of the month. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We would gather, bring our kids and food and all kinds of stuff. And it was wonderful. And I, I do miss that. Yes. So that's how we first got to meet each other. Yep. But it's busy. There's how many kids in the house <laughs> at the same time. Um, so as much as we have hung out in the past, I kind of feel like we haven't really had a chance to sit down like we are today and and have like a get to know you session. So yeah, I think this might be our first like intentional conversation that you and I have ever had together. So yeah, get to know you better. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So you were on my normal radar. Okay. Okay. I always have the, <laughs> I always have my normal radar, take it for good or bad, whatever you want. But recently you have been promoting, I don't, it's not a business. What would you call it? Like yeah, I actually started my own business as a health and a life coach. So okay. I've, yep. And I've been fumbling around with how to, yeah, start that and say that as well. So, okay. I, what you're thinking is exactly where I am too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so yes, uh, I, anybody who starts their own business definitely, uh, piques my interest and I have a great respect for that. Yeah. Um, but your thing, then your business then connects to my normal radar um, because of being a health and life coach. Number one, I'm like, don't answer this yet. But number one, I'm like, how do you even become a health and life coach? What does this mean? So there, boom, I start my curiosities going. Um, number two is the clientele you're looking for are probably my folks who are questioning what's normal in their life. Uh, they're probably coming to you either trying to break some sort of normal habitual routine or try to come up with a healthier one. They're just looking for some sort of guidance. Yep. Um, so the fact that you're willing to help people like that uh, just caught my attention. And uh, here we are. Great. What led you to get started in the health and wellness life coaching? Yep. Good question. I figured that would be your first one. Um, so. I think my journey in this lane starts, oh my gosh, 15 years ago when I first started in Catholic campus ministry. The, I, I worked at several college campuses and then now I'm working at a high school in Toledo. And my interactions with the students, while so often have to do with retreats or service hours or liturgies or deeper questions about who is God or who am I in relationship to God or um, any of those like bigger life questions for me always seem to lead back to basic habits as well and how people mm. were taking care of their bodies and their minds and their spirits together. Um, so, you know, you say the word curiosity, it was something that uh, I've always, I've always had a curiosity around mental health, physical health and spiritual health and how they've been connected. Shortly after our first son, Riley, was born 10 years ago now, we quickly found out that he was allergic to milk, um, gave him his first 
we found out we were pregnant three months after he was born. And so gave him his first bottle because I was working full-time and breastfeeding full-time and just couldn't keep up with growing a baby and breastfeeding and mm. working. Um, so gave him his first formula bottle and we were in the ER 30 minutes later. He had mm. had a horrible allergic reaction. And then we would come to find out in the coming months that his allergies were stacked. Milk, eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, anaphylaxis, like all sorts of awful things. In that moment, I had to go back to breastfeeding, but had to radically change my diet because what I ate was what he was getting. Okay. Um, and so unbeknownst to me, I had been poisoning his body. Um, he, within a couple months of his birth, he had like this awful red rash all over his face. And we thought it was just some bad case of eczema, but found out it was connected to his gut based on what I was feeding him. And it was showing up in his face. So once we were able to, I was able to clean up my diet significantly, it cleaned up his gut, which then cleaned up his face. Um, and you know, he was a quote unquote back to normal. Right. Mm. But soon after that, I birthed our second son. Um, but we had to be very careful with the foods that we were eating and that we brought into the house to keep Riley safe. Um, luckily Hudson, our second, wasn't born with a bunch of those food allergies. So it was only one that we had to, to look after, but oh my gosh, my curiosities were spiked so mm -hmm. much on how the body operates with food and how can one person be allergic to something, but the next kid who's born 13 months later isn't. And like, what, what is all of this? Within, after Hudson's birth, I, and, and changing my entire diet, I ended up dropping down to 20 pounds less than the day that I got married because of the food that I was eating and like how I, how I was eating a certain diet to keep my, you know, other kids safe. Yeah. And so that just kind of like spiraled into this whole, like, wow, the kinds of foods that you eat matter, which I've always known. I mean, we mm -hmm. grew up in a very healthy household. It was family dinners every single night. Everything was home cooked. Um, everything was very intentional. There was no, we weren't allowed to eat all the boxed crap, you know, as we would say, <laughs> everything was like fresh and homemade. And, you know, we were very blessed in that realm. But um, I had also realized that my body was seemingly particularly um, sensitive to dairies and glutens as well. And I started losing bloat and I started feeling better. And I also, I remember having a lot of headaches as a kid as well. Mm. And once I started removing the dairies and the glutens for me personally, those headaches started to go away. Yeah. So my curiosity started you know, 10 years ago with food in particular. And then also probably about 10 years ago, I experienced some trauma in my own life. Um, and anxiety started to be something mm. that I experienced. I was having panic attacks for the first time in my life. I was raising two babies across the country without family members around, working full-time, missing my family so much in Ohio. Uh, yeah, and wasn't taking care of myself well. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't moving well. I wasn't hydrating well. Like all these little things that I didn't necessarily have an awareness of. I can look back now and say, oh girl, <laughs> you did yeah. not take care of yourself well. But I was having these panic attacks and like my heart was racing and you know, body sweating and like shaking. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to get into therapy now. And so started all of that as well, but ultimately found some really great humans in my life that helped me start connecting, helped me start understanding that how I take care of my body physically had a dramatic impact on how I felt mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Um, and so, yeah, over the course of like the last 10 years, I've worked really intentionally on um, what food am I eating? How am I moving my body? What kinds and like, what's the quality of the sleep I'm getting and how much sleep am I getting? Um, what's my hydration level look like? What is the people that I surround myself? How do they contribute to how I think of myself or how positively are they speaking? Um, all these little things just started stacking up on top of each other. And then the way that I was ministering uh, in my actual full-time job continuously touched back to so many of these high school kids also not eating well, not sleeping well, so many stresses and anxieties. And so I started to just get really curious, like what is some sort of formal training or information that I can get? What else, what else can like point me in that 
right direction that combines physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health in a way that I'm not doing now. Um, and so, yeah, a couple summers ago, I started researching um, health coaching and life coaching programs and stumbled upon one that I fell in love with and okay. went through the course. And here I am. That's a really long answer to your question, but long, but appropriate. We just, you just talked about 10 years in a matter of two minutes. Well, hopefully that was okay. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. You brought up something that was really important going back to that 10 years ago. You, you mentioned the word awareness. That's always a tricky thing. Life doesn't allow us to be aware of ourselves. Like having awareness is a practice. Um, practicing awareness is something that, you know, consumerism doesn't sell you. Uh, it's not taught in schools, any of that kind of thing. So going back to that, what broke through so you had an awareness that you maybe needed to start making changes other than uh, with your son having the allergies? Like before that, I, it sounded like you started to have some sort of sense of awareness. Yeah. I've been gifted ever since I was a kid with being a very self-aware person and particularly connected to my body. It's just been something that's always been a part of who I am. But stacked on top of that, I think you're right when you say society or the way that consumerism pelts us, like we're taught to treat symptoms, right? Mm -hmm. Or we're taught to just do this next thing to cover up, or we're taught to self-soothe with all these other like food or television or whatever it may be to kind of cover up what our body and our brain is most likely screaming at us to fix. I was actually just having a conversation with a friend last night um, who was talking about how on our day to day, our body tells us so many things about how it wants and needs to be treated, but we're so busy trying to cover up, like people think it's normal to have headaches all the time, or people think it's normal to feel tired, or people think it's normal to get into that afternoon slump, or people think it's normal to feel bad about yourself. That's not normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like if you want to talk about this concept of normal, like yes. I, I want our new normal to be tapped into what our body is telling us mm -hmm. and what it's trying to communicate. Was that your original question? I, what is my body communicating? Was that your original question? You answered it. Uh, yes. Yes. We're good. Um, you basically just said like, you've kind of had like a little sense of self-awareness from a kid, like from your childhood. I have. It's yeah. kind of been like that. And you said gifted, which I think is important because uh, for some people that's uh, me in particular, that is something that I've had to practice and work towards. Mm -hmm. And it's still, um, you know, a foreign concept to me. Yeah. of uh, tuning into like what your body's kind of telling you. Well, and a lot of times we're moving too fast to even pay attention. You know, yeah. you look at this fast paced world, you got to get your kids up to school. You got to go work your full-time job. You got to make dinner. You got to do laundry, the grocery shopping, all the things. Right. And when do we create time in our lives for even 10 minutes of meditation or prayer or stillness or silence where we're just tapping back into what our body's trying to tell us, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think that's part of our current world either, especially yeah. this Western way of living. And I, I want that to be part of our new normal too. How do we just unplug and slow down and listen? Yeah, let's go right there. I was trying to do a little uh, Julie McCourt research. You do have a uh, Julie McCourt health and life coach uh, Facebook page. I do. Um, so, uh, which I personally, I, there is a, this is your normal um, Facebook page also, but as many of the listeners probably don't even realize that, even though I say it at the end of the episode, um, I, I don't, I don't really do much with it because like I, I see, let's just use uh, Facebook or what is it called now? Meta? <laughs> I don't know Meta. I don't, I don't, oh, I don't. Facebook's in the name. Yeah. Like Facebook's changing their name now or whatever. Um, so it's, I have a timer. I'm only allowed 15 minutes a day and that includes a messenger. So if yeah. I do a little scroll and then, uh, or if I have to respond to a message that eats up my time and, and then I'm done. And that also includes anything that I do for the podcast Facebook page. 
So if anybody's wondering why I don't do anything, uh, all the episodes are available for streaming on that page, but I don't visit it much, unfortunately. So we can get into that because I know like this is something that I learned from your page. I, well, but- can I make a comment on, on something you just said? Um, yeah. You talked about capping things at 15 minutes for yourself. Mm-hmm. I, of the clients that I have currently as a health and life coach, I would say the majority of them, we've had to go into their settings on their phone and just get curious about how much time they're spending on individual apps. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of my younger clients, it's like four hours just on TikTok a day. Oh. And I don't think that there's a sense of awareness of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so one yeah. of the things that I have worked with many of these clients on is, well, how do you set that timer on your phone that kind of shuts that little corner down? Because, you know, even the way that Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Twitter are set up is so that you're in continuous scroll, right? You're constantly yeah. waiting for the next juicy thing and there is no off switch and our brain you know, fires and gets excited about, oh my gosh, let's, let's be distracted and look at the next thing. And there is no filter for our brain. And so for us to physically put that like stopper on our mm-hmm. phone for those apps, I think can be a really helpful first step in just getting awareness around how much time you're plugged in. And that's, you know, you look at how the body and the brain are designed. We're not physically and mentally designed to be sedentary, scrolling through apps on a phone, hunched over with poor body posture. And like, that's, that's not at our like fundamental level of creation, right? Absolutely. I'd like to add that scrolling through that feed hours and hours and hours is conditioning ourselves to want that constant whatever you want to call it, I don't know, entertainment or, yeah. you know, mental activity. Um, and we've already mentioned about, you know, how often does, you know, the normal person take 10 minutes of, and just have like a silent prayer meditation session with themselves. Yes. They say that sugar is, has more addictive qualities than crack cocaine. Right. And mm-hmm. I think scrolling through social media provides that same, like, hit of those chemicals mm-hmm. that keep us interested in high, right? That yep. higher level of get, getting that, that high feeling, right? Yes. Same kind of chemical release. It's right. fascinating. Yep. But it can be a good tool. Used well, yes. Yes. Social media used in the right uh, format is good for connectivity. Yes. So, so there's that. So we talked about the social media thing. That's really good. Yeah, I think one of the one of your posts was put the phone down, breathe, let your body relax. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and part of that self-awareness is when you're on that phone and you're looking through all that, if you were to take a quick check into how your body is actually postured in that moment, it's probably slumped over, your neck is probably down, you're probably tensed up a little bit and like scrolling through and not standing straight and tall and open and ready and strong and aware like it's designed you know mm-hmm. so that, that's a curiosity to examine that's a very good thing to point out is your posture yep. when you're using like it, so even if let's just use um i'm going to use up my 15 minutes and i'm just sitting in the chair i'm gonna you're right like i'm going to be tense <laughs> hunched over you know got my neck bent down looking at my phone for 15 minutes, yeah. <laughs> I'm just automatically setting myself into a 15 minute tension. Yeah. And you imagine what we're doing as adults now, imagine these kiddos coming along who have never known a world without, without it. these devices. Yeah. Their bodies just kind of form to that device position, right? That's, yeah. that's something curious to watch out for. Absolutely. Um, one of the other things that I'm definitely going to have to point out, um, going through your, um, the posts that you've had that are very inspirational, by the way. So I highly suggest everybody goes and finds Julie McCourt, health and life coach on Facebook. That way you can like share with your friends and have a little bit of positive influence. If you're using 15 minutes a day, like I am. You know, or on Instagram as well. They're on or okay, Instagram as well. So if you want to just 
that's that may be somebody's first step as a listener like that page or follow you on instagram and just introduce a little bit of positivity in that time period so that's that's what i do so um i definitely appreciate the posts that you do have out there but i found a common denominator and you've already brought it up before you just didn't realize it almost every single post you mention what i call connectivity um mm. so you have good people i think i've seen you say good people at least three times um how might you be a reflection of the five people you spend the most time with um so that's one of the other ones surrounding yourself with people who think speak and act positively and health consciously could just be the change you need i want to talk about connectivity please um that is something i personally struggle with mm -hmm. um so let's you know, I'm not looking for a therapy session, but <laughs> that's just, you know, it, that's something for sure that I personally need to work on. And that's glaring at me in the face, like, hey, um, you know, surround yourself by good people and think about the people you surround yourself with. How do you do that? I'll just go from where I'm at. People say like, oh my God, Bob, you're so social. Every time I see you, you know, you're so, you have such a great conversation, a good story, this or that. But me personally inside, it's hard. <laughs> Maybe it's because I feel like I have to perform or something. And then it's just like, well, why do you have a podcast? Well, it's because I'm trying to get out of my show. I'm trying to find that connectivity to other people. So Believe it or not, it really is hard for me. And they always, and people always kind of have that, uh, you know, men don't have a lot of friends. Men may have like one or two friends their whole entire life. And that's all uh, they need. Yeah. yeah garbage. <laughs> okay. That, that's just something I'm, I'm looking at. That's something that's important to me. I guess let's just start with the basics. Like what is the best, first, easiest way for somebody to connect? Yeah. Um, so I'll tell a story about when Riley and Hudson, when we first moved back to Toledo, Ohio, uh, in the summer of 2017, Hudson was in preschool and Riley was in kindergarten. And our kids are back at my old grade school at OLPH in Toledo. And I was over the moon delighted to be back home. Um, but we didn't know anybody. I mean, we had been, you know, gone living in Chicago and St. Louis for a decade. And so we had missed that chunk of uh, young families coming in. And so Riley as a kindergartner for the first couple months would come home from school and mention the names of two boys every single day and how they were just the nicest boys. And these are the funny things that they did today. And he sat with them at lunch. And that is literally where I started. So I found those kids mom's emails <laughs> in our like student portal thing. And I emailed both of the moms introduced myself. And I said, I hope this isn't awkward. But you know, Riley talks about your sons every single day. And we would love to get to know you. Do you want to come over for dinner? And so that's what we did. And it was great. And they to this day are still two of his best friends for him and his parents have quickly become excellent friends of ours. And, you know, it's just, it's something simple like that. Like mm -hmm. dating is awkward. Dating friends is even more awkward, but, <laughs> but at some point, you know, you, you value at some point you have to recognize the value of surrounding yourself and your family unit mm -hmm. with people who are good for your family, who share similar values, similar interests, um, similar ways of doing life um, and similar perspectives of the world that you want for your family. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I, I remember calling myself out as a total nerd in the email and being like, forgive me for being <laughs> nerdy yeah. and awkward, but you know, I, I want our family to have great family friends. So someone's got to make the first move. Right. Right. Um, so even, I think something as simple as that, like we've also, I think lost the art of gathering around the dinner table. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually just reading a book this morning and one of the lines he's talking about, his book is about food, um, which I'm a nerd about, but his whole next section of the book has to do with how we eat the food and with whom we are eating the food. And that 
the art of gathering around the table with certain people can be just as important as the food that you're putting in your mouth. Um, and so how we show up at the dinner table matters. Um, and so I think even like reclaiming that lost art of inviting friends into our home to share a meal can be super impactful. Um, I mean, and that would be probably the first step I would suggest to someone is invite someone to your house for dinner or invite someone, to, yeah, have a meal or invite someone out for a cup of coffee or invite someone to go for a walk. It doesn't have to be this Keep it super simple. serious thing, right? And And we make it awkward ourselves, right? Like we... Yeah don't name our awkwardness. So start off by saying, I feel awkward, but <laughs> you want to share a meal real quick. Great. Ice broken. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Keep it simple. Yes. I like that. Or engaging people on the sidelines at a sports game or turning to your neighbor at the church you attend or making, I know you said you hate small talk and so do I, but sometimes just the small talk is all that someone needs to get to something deeper in connecting. Right. Mm -hmm. Just about there. Just connect. Yeah. Just connect. Let's flip. Let's flip that over. Yeah. How do we cautiously, carefully, maybe disconnect with close friends or family members who may be toxic? Mm, good question. Yeah, that's a hard one because when family members or close friends start to feel toxic to you there's history there and there's like mm -hmm. attachment of the heart. Right. And that can be a harder thing to let go. Um, boundaries are very important. And if someone starts to feel like they are negatively influencing your brain space, your heart space, sometimes a temporary boundary is exactly what the doctor ordered. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it can be very difficult, but easy enough to say, thank you for your, opinion or thank you for showing up in the ways that you have for me right now. I need something different in our relationship and I need to pause the way that we're interacting in, you know, until further notice or, um, yeah, just being very clear with when you do this, I feel blank or when this happens, um, I experience X moving forward these are the concrete boundaries that I need in place so that I don't feel like X. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yes. And that's not easy and it's very messy. Yes. Well, that's what I'm thinking. And that's something I would probably seek out a life coach <laughs> to help get me through that yeah, um, yeah. because it's not easy. Um, I'll give a little bit of personal experience. I think it's episode four. And if I misquote my own episodes, I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> it's the addiction episode. So um, people listen to that. They are well aware um, that I'm, I live a sober lifestyle. Uh, sobriety is very important to me. And there were years of transitioning with relationships of family members and friends who I used to like drink or party with. And there was a lot of awkwardness I think a lot of people thought like my decision was temporary. So there was like the, okay, that's cool. Like for the next three months, you know, maybe we won't hang out or something like that. When you do make the choice and it's well known that you're going to stop drinking, the social invites completely stop. Ah, yeah. I don't know if this is the right response to what you're considering right now, but I remember my very first semester of college at the University of Toledo for undergrad and feeling so uncomfortable in my skin because I was not extremely social. I was very quiet and to myself and as a defense mechanism would feel judgy towards other people because I felt insecure about not wanting to participate in certain activities. Mm -hmm. um, I this, and I've told this story to many students on retreats and such, but I have a distinct memory of a high school friend named Kristen sitting down next to me in one of our first classes of our freshman year of college. And she turned to the random guy next to her and said, hi, I'm Kristen. What's your name? And just put herself out there immediately. And I was like, what? How did she just yeah. do that? 
who does that? Like you just turned to, and there were no cell phones yet. Right. Either. So you couldn't hide behind your cell phone. Um, but I remember being so inspired by that because that simple, hi, my name is, and who are you drops boundaries or walls rather drops walls of insecurity so quickly because chances are, if you're feeling insecure, so is the person next to you. And all it takes is one person to start being genuinely interested in someone else. And then all bets are off and suddenly you're on like the same playing field, right? Mm -hmm. That was the moment that I remember making a change in my own life and saying to myself, self, you no longer need to hide behind your insecurities, worried about what other people are thinking about you. Because as long as you are genuinely interested in someone else, you're the one that gets to like set the pace and help both of you feel comfortable again. Right. And so, yeah, from that moment, it became part of my own personal mission or identity for who I am to get curious about other people. I was, I've always been curious about other people in my head, but never felt brave enough up until that moment to get curious about someone and actually like speak it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Now I just realized what an equalizer it is and how, human every single one of us are we all have this this deep desire to just be known to be invited places right to be considered an equal and the more that we can get curious about someone else and actually care about the answers they're giving and actually hold conversation that goes deeper than something surface level that's an immediate game changer for connection too does that make sense absolutely i love it yeah very well said let me, we've been talking about your coaching. I've been priming people to uh, seek you out. So what else, other than what we've already talked about, what else would attract a person to seek you out as a, as a health and life coach? Yeah, good question. So um, I am currently trained to help people in a couple different lines. So when I was researching schools to attend to reach this certification. Um, Some were just purely health coaching curriculum and others were purely life. I knew that I wanted something combined because our life influences our health and our health influences our life, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I wanted like a holistic approach to health and well-being. Um, And so people who would seek me out would be someone who maybe the doctor has told them, hey, you need to change these habits in the food you're eating and how you're sleeping and the drinks you're consuming, how hydrated you are, that like all these things. And it's like, yeah, great. Thanks doc. But then you go home and you don't know how to implement that. I'm someone that can help and walk alongside that person and say, all right, this is the goal. These are the habits that need to change. What are we going to structure in your life to make sure that you are inevitably successful in meeting that goal? Um, I'm also going to be helpful to someone that is maybe curious about a different career or maybe has deeper spiritual questions or maybe um, has a lot of self-image issues that they want to work through. Um, Anyone who's looking for someone who can have a system, like an approach to conquering some of these bigger topics, um, I'm someone who's going to hold you accountable. And I'm someone who's going to cheer you on. I love being a cheerleader for people, Um, particularly, and this is something that I've really been excited to learn, is how to flip your mindset around failure. I get very excited when one of my clients, quote unquote, fails, (laughs) because in that, quote unquote, failure is the opportunity to really pull away the onion layers and be like, all right, what's under that? It's not about, hey, I ate another bag of chips and I got home from work. Like that's not the problem, right? Right. Because you ate that bag of chips after work and you failed at not doing that, that gives us the opportunity to dig deeper and figure out what's underneath that, what motivates that, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm trained to work at the level of identity, belief systems. um, Yeah, and really like pulling apart the outside layers of that onion and saying, where do your habits actually come from and how can we start to address those? Um, I've also told, you know, I always start off with clients and say, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nutritionist, and I'm also not a counselor or psychologist. Um, and a couple of my clients, I've actually 
um, told them that I will only see them once I know that they're being seen by a therapist as mm -hmm. well. Because okay. I work in tandem with those healthcare professionals. Um, I'm not someone that substitutes those places. Yeah. What a little bit more like, what does it look like then? So are you, are you going to your client's house? Are you uh, taking them to the grocery store? Are you <laughs> sending them text messages? Are you, you know, a little well, bit closer to look at what does it look like? <laughs> I hate grocery shopping. So I'm definitely not going grocery shopping with them. Okay. Um, which is ironic. Um, no. So I do all of my meetings via Zoom. Um, it's all about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, clients can choose to meet either every week, every other week, every three weeks, once a month, kind of wherever lands best with their schedule and with mine. Um, and it's just a 45 minute to an hour Zoom meeting where we always start off with what's going well. So what do we get to celebrate? What are your wins over the past couple of weeks? Um, next are what are your obstacles? So what barriers have you hit and what have been some of the issues that you've struggled with? which I get, again, super excited because that's where we get to flip mindset and kind of um, reimagine how you're thinking about a, a problem or issue. And then next we tackle new information. So it could be something like um, what foods give you energy or take energy away um, or what people or things or activities in your life give you energy or take energy away. Um, what does your sleep look like? What's your movement look like? Um, how, how does your quiet time look? How are you influenced by your friends? What does your prayer life look like? Um, so we get to look at new habits under those specific areas as well, um, and just get new tools and, and things for them to be working on. Um, clients will also always get action steps. So throughout the session, I'll be like, oh, you just said that you want to go do this thing. Great. That's your next action step. By the time we meet, this needs to be done. And what's really exciting for me being a health and a life coach is that my job is never to give someone an action step that is outside of their wants or desires. In fact, any action step that is given is usually always prompted by the individual themselves. So my job is to help a client come back into an alignment with who they already are. My job is not to say, hey, Bob, this is your next step and this is who you get to be and this is how um, we're gonna get you back on that path to normal, right? No, mm -hmm. my job is to help you remember who you already are and help your habits and choices get back into an alignment, back into alignment with those goals and that identity and who you've always been. I have this question written down, but we've kind of touched about it. So let's kind of rehash things. What is your life specialty? Oh, what is my life specialty? Oh gosh. So I, I'm just going to shoot from the hip here. Um, I would say that at a fundamental level, like at the very basic level, I firmly believe that God has created us for, to experience health and happiness. And I would even say holiness, especially for those clients that want to move in that direction. Um, and I don't mean holiness, like some super pious, prayerful kind of posture, but more like um, living into who you are designed and created to be, um, that kind of version of holiness. I firmly believe that as human beings, our optimal beingness, we are our best selves when we are back in alignment with that um, health, happiness, and holiness, and the habits that we can stack on top of each other to get us to that place. So yeah, I, I feel, I mean, I've said it so many times in this episode yes. already, I feel so passionately about food and sleep and hydration and movement and people and prayer and all the things that are super basic that we've forgotten to be intentional about. That was a great answer. Um, we're going to do a real quick thing that I just thought of. Great. We're going to do a lightning round. You keep saying uh, the health, gut health. I know that's that's like your thing, gut health. All right. Lightning round. Give me five things to stop eating right now. Oh, good. Okay. Anything uh, processed, like overly processed. Like if they 
aren't ingredients that come from the ground or the earth in some capacity and is in a package that can sit on a shelf for months and months and months and will never grow any mold, do not put that into your body. That's number one. Um, number two, anything, uh, soda, just get rid of it. Uh, it mm. like, it is chemicals. There's, is, it is a pile of chemicals that you are drinking and the amount of stress that it puts on the body physically, which then goes straight to the brain and puts that mental and emotional stress, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Get that soda out of your diet. Um, I, oh, that's, those are, those are the two major ones. Fast food. Oh my gosh. Fast food. So many fast food companies. They're also like scientifically, um, flavorizing Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, scientifically flavoring our foods to make them taste like a certain thing. Mm -hmm. Get it gone. I mean, it is, if you even know the history of where it's coming from and like, no, your body is not designed to handle that. They've okay. left McDonald's burgers out on a shelf for months and nothing's happened to it. Don't do it. So um, processed foods, soda, sodas, fast food, fast food. Um, Give me two more. What else are you going to stop putting in your body? I mean, eliminating those right away are going to be super helpful. Um, I would say be careful about the kind of water that you're drinking as well and how you're filtering that water. Um, While I think that our water filtration systems at a city level are probably okay, um, there are so many other chemicals that we are drinking that our body doesn't need to have in it. Um, So getting even some sort of like a, we have a, a tabletop water purifier where we pour the water in the top and I'm, I'm forgetting the name right now, uh, but it drips down through some sort of charcoal filter mm-hmm. and just gets rid of all those nasty chemicals. Your body doesn't need those. Um, so that would be the fourth. And then the fifth thing to stop eating. Oh gosh. Um, to stop eating. Um, well, since Halloween is today, I'm going to say, be careful of that, all that sugar, (laughs) anything that is so high in sugar. I mean, it's something like children in general, and I don't remember the exact number, but something like 12 to 15 grams a day is all that they actually need. And in one bottle of soda that your kid is drinking for one meal, it's already at like 75 grams of sugar or something stupid, right? So. Sugar of, of any form, get it going. Sugar, perfect. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Oh, oh. Wow, that's great. I've well, never done that before. I've never given anybody a lightning round and you just nailed it. So well, I am very happy to be your guinea pig in that. That's All great. right. Yeah, one more question here. Okay. What are you personally working on? Ooh, what am I personally working on? That's a great question. Um, so I'll say yesterday, I'm personally working on training for my first half marathon. Oh. I am um, running it in two weeks on November 13th. Uh, yesterday, I did my longest run in preparation for it. I ran 10 miles and that was the farthest I've ever run in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> working on running a half marathon is something I'm personally working towards. Um, but it's exciting because in everything that I've learned in becoming a health and a life coach is how much working out um, and lifting weights specifically Hmm. is so healthy for the way that the body functions and the way that the brain functions. Um, Muscle burns more, right? And it also requires more fuel to build. Um, And so part of training for this half marathon has been lifting plus running, plus regular yoga, and every little kind of workout habit that I can stack on top of that to be really successful at actually completing the half marathon. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. When is, do you have a half marathon scheduled? Um, You mean like a training schedule or when the actual date is? When the actual date of the race is. Two weeks, November 13. Okay, so it's coming up. Saturday, November 13. Yep, two weeks. Here we go. I'm going to crush it. Feel it. All right. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing your results, seeing you cross the finish line. Let's. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be slow, but I really don't care. I'm doing it.
Yeah, that well, good for you. Good for Huge you. Huge accomplishment for me. What's the best way to connect with you or contact you? Or if somebody wants to reach out, they like what you have to say, what's the easiest, best way to reach out? Yep. Facebook or Instagram for right now, Julie McCourt Health Coach is, is where I've started. So if okay. anyone is interested in having a first conversation to learn more about health and life coaching, that's where they would go. Um, and that first session with a client is always me asking all sorts of delicious questions. And then at the end, giving a client an opportunity to consider what coaching might be like for them. So, okay. Yeah. I'll put a link to uh, your page or any type of contact awesome. info. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you. That's okay. awesome. Cool. Do you have any questions for me? Ooh, um, I, I'm going to give you back your question, actually. What are you working towards? for your health, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally? Yeah. Um, back in April, I, um, I couldn't, man, I, I don't even know how I started this. I kind of got caught up in an idea and went with it, read a couple too many books, watched yeah. a couple too many YouTube videos. Yep. Um, on April 8th, 2021, I took my first cold shower. Oh boy. Yep. And, um, it just kind of simultaneously happened that I started a, um, a 40 day mindfulness awareness, uh, meditation course that I use the insight timer app and the, um, course leaders were the infamous Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield. Okay. So I had been listening to like podcasts with them in it. And I was I didn't know that those two ever worked together kind of thing. I was like, I love these guys are so phenomenal. I love it. I love it. And then I saw that they had this 40 day course and I've always wanted to incorporate some sort of mindfulness or like meditation practice. So just out of coincidence, <laughs> the day one of taking that, I actually took my first cold shower. I, so like I had just finished my, um, my Wim Hof book. The, the okay. book that Wim Hof wrote. Um, okay. And then I said, I am taking cold showers. Like, let's, let's do a 10 day challenge. Ooh. And then it turned into like, oh, well, here's this 40 day meditation challenge. I'm just going to challenge. So um, given today, when we're recording, I am at 207 days of Go. cold showers yeah. and at least 15 minutes of meditation every day for the past wow. 207 days. That's amazing. And what benefits have you experienced? Uh, we're going to have to do another podcast episode on that. <laughs> okay. Well, let's sign up for it then. This is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's life-changing. Um, it, re it really is. So yeah. right now, um, I'm, I already know I'm going to be doing this for a complete year just to like, give it, give it some sort of time frame. Like I'm doing this for one year. I don't know if I'll ever go back to taking a warm shower. Wow. That is how much I enjoy the, the cold shower. Well, you, that's, I, that sounds terrible. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. Well, you wanting to talk about people's failures and turning them around sounds terrible to me. So <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I will tell you this. Well, um, so Wim Hof wants you to like uh, take your normal shower the last 15 seconds, just only have the cold on. Okay. And then you do 15, 30, 45 minutes. Once I hit the two minute threshold, I was, well, it's pretty comfortable. I got used to it. Okay. Huh. And, um, one of the things that he's huge on is, uh, he has this, uh, breathing method. So I would incorporate his breathing method and introduce the cold exposure to me. Huh. Um, so, and I know that's another thing that you're really big on is breathing also. So, um, once I hit that two minutes, I got comfortable with, just two minutes of cold water being like just showered on me. I was like, well, let's see if I could work towards just walking straight into the cold water, no more warm water. So then I just kind of reversed uh, my timer. I would do like a five minute timer. So I kind of reversed things and uh, yeah, eventually Ooh. I just got it to where I just turn on cold water. I step right on in and I love it. That's there insane. are mornings. Yeah, there, there are mornings, like right now it's starting to get cold. Um, yep. So the water's colder, the house is colder at night. I'm cold when I wake up and I really have to dig down deep and, and get that 
his breathing, if anybody's curious, like the Wim Hof method, Wim Hof, um, maybe, maybe I'll have him on Wim, where are you? Bring so the, the breathing is how I'm able to get, through get it. into, into that cold water, have that cold exposure. So that's huge. And the so meditation thing, what's that? You, you understand birth a little bit more than. I still, no, not a <laughs> chance. <laughs> the breath is all that saved me. That was it. It's, it's all breathing. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad that you think it's that easy. <laughs> you get it. Now you understand. We've, we've connected. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm big on the breathing. I love cold exposure. Um, the meditation thing is uh, a lifestyle change for yeah. me. I can see myself doing more with that yes. and uh, diving deep deeper that awesome. into that. Um, it's definitely a little bit more pleasurable than cold exposure. Yep, yep. I'm glad <laughs> you're working on this. This is awesome. Right. So, so yeah, that's that's what I'm working on. Cold showers and 15 minutes of meditation every day. I love it. Do you have any closing thoughts? Thank you for this. I mean, this has been such a great opportunity to get to know you better and a chance to talk as much as I want to about something that I feel so passionately about and something that I really feel called to continue dipping my toes into. So thank you for this opportunity to chat. This is, a, a have loved this conversation. So thank you. Great, great. You're very welcome. And you know, the thanks go right back out to you also. I appreciate you uh, taking the, the time to entertain a normal conversation. <laughs> yes. Well, and I, I, you know, and even just to like, a, you asked for a closing thought, um, to be able to have the privilege of walking alongside people and help them tap into a brand of new normal mm. that is in alignment with how they were created. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I'd say I'd kind of leave it with that. Yeah. All right. So we will. Perfect. Julie McCourt, thank you so much for honoring us with your presence. Um, I will have your contact info in the show notes. So if anybody's interested, uh, your Facebook and Instagram and email is going to blow up. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Bob. Thank <laughs> Be prepared. So You're so welcome. All right. Well, thank you very much once again. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning into This Is Your Normal. In closing, connect, tap in, listen, be still, repeat. I hope you find Julie's conversation as inspirational as I did. As mentioned before, you can find Julie and her positivity on Facebook or Instagram. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and download all the episodes for easy listening at your convenience. Streaming is also available at thisisyournormal.com. That website is brought to you by GreenTreeMediaLLC.com. Visit them for all your website development needs. Also, never hesitate to reach out on social media. Episodes are available for streaming on Facebook and Twitter at This Is Your Normal. Once again, thank you so much for listening to This Is Your Normal.